Hello and welcome to the Sheffield Digital Podcast hosted by Sarah Lister. This episode features an interview with Joy Chan, Managing Director at Apt China. Joy started as a web developer with Apt in Sheffield before they opened an office in Kunming in 2017. Here you can listen to her career story so far and some great advice too. How long were you actually working and living in Sheffield then? I came to Sheffield in 2014 as a postgraduate student. I started data communications in University of Sheffield. And I think in 2015, I joined APT as an intern. And that's the time when I started doing my study, but I do one day a week at APT to learn how to coding. So it's a parallel working. And in November, I got my degree completed and I started a full-time with APT as an internship. Then another two years in Sheffield. So three years in total, where I started, lived and worked in Sheffield. And is that the way that you expected your career direction to go in when you started at university? Uh, Not really. I actually signed up the wrong course for my uni. So the one I did is in Ocean University of China. And the course I did is marine technology. I thought it's a biology thing. So that's lesson to learn, not uh, like do your research before sign up for the course. And then it's it's not it's not it's not biology, it's mathematics, physics, and computer science. And I didn't enjoy physics that much, and I didn't enjoy my course that much. So I, I like to study abroad and to see different options. But because the postgraduate and undergraduate need to have the uh, consistency. So there is a limited course I can choose. Then I light my eyes on data communications because it's half engineering, so still physics there, but less, and half computer science. And when I did my postgraduate in Sheffield, I realized I actually enjoy the computer science and coding more. And I aced most of the course in computer science and married in most of the engineering course. So I know that um, I want to do computer science and coding for my future career. And I met John and Anna at a conversation club. They were volunteering to help international students practice English. So I once mentioned my coursework to Anna, said I have difficulty doing that. Anna was amazed seeing a woman in technology and learning that. And she said, me and my husband owns a technology startup. Would you like to join us? And for me, I was like, yeah, sure. I want some pocket money and I will have experience in, in field. Then I met John um, the other week. And during the interviews, basically you're facing the real world challenges and you're not equipped well with what you learned from universities. And John was very nice. John was like, are you looking for experience or money? I said, experience. And John offered, why don't you come to study with us one day a week? And so I learned how to coding in real world from scratch, from apt for years, up about after a year, I'm about to be able to do the project properly. I was still enjoying my coding. It's like the puzzle time for me. And it's really feel proud when you make things work. And when you find what the bug is and yeah, deliver a project. So then I I was sure that I find my dream job. 
after my study in University of Sheffield. And reflecting back on that, do you feel like it was a really great opportunity for you to snap up? Yeah, it's definitely a great opportunity for me to snap up. There isn't many Chinese students I can say be able to find uh, job opportunities. So I think language is a uh, one barrier and to to know where to find the opportunities will be another thing, another challenge. So I think I met them during practice my English so they know my English looks like and they know how to do communicate and then they offer the opportunity as a free to learn from scratch you don't pay tuition fee for that but you learn practical skills on that and they're very patient and Joanna and Anna has been a tutor on that too so they've been patient and they have plans for me like things you need to learn, things you need to work step step by step. It's confidence things as well. Uh, you enjoyed the milestones you completed, and you know what you can do, what you can't do. So I think it's a it's a great opportunities, and I still think it's a valuable opportunities I had in my life. What was it like being there one day a week? Did you feel like you wanted to be there even more? You know, when you're in that, if you're in a really positive environment, did you feel like you were eager to <laughs> spend more time there? Yeah, I, I'm eager to spend more time there. And also it's because the the challenge John setting up is re- very intriguing. And sometimes I continue doing things while I'm back to uni in the evenings and I continue doing my codings and I will email John about things I cannot uh, fix or I don't know what to do. And I think I want to spend more time with Apt and I want to do bigger projects and I want to learn more Um app, website, front-end, back-end. So it's all very fascinating and I enjoyed it very much. And what was it like when you first arrived in Sheffield and finding your way yeah. around? What was it like? It, it, it was hard. It was really hard. I arrived in Sheffield around 7pm. That's when everybody was about to close up. I checked in in the uni's accommodations, but then realised my e-key is not working on the door because the door doesn't have any batteries, but it's like 20 hours flight and you can't access your own accommodations. And then we have the uh, the supporting team come to fix that. And I finally access to my accommodations and it's around 9 p.m. And there is no duvet or beddings on the bed. <laughs> I snuggled with my, with my coat for all night and I didn't even know where the heating heating button are after two weeks I lived in my accommodations my my flatmate was like there is a heating button on the wall don't you know I said (laughs) yeah so my first night in Sheffield was hard and challenging and it's just yeah not not easy to navigate but I think it it takes time for you to find the beauty of Sheffield first the Yorkshire accent did distract me so I went to Tesco the other day um after the first night I arrived to get the things I need and I want to find honey. So I asked a lady there, like, do you know where the honey is? And the lady was confused and said, you mean honey? I said, yeah, yeah, honey, probably. <laughs> and so I got the honey from Tesco and then I learned <laughs> it's a different accent in UK. But yeah, it's getting nice. People, people in Sheffield are warm. 
they genuinely want to help and they care. I met bus drivers. I took bus every day. I met bus drivers. They care about what pizzas I have tonight because I normally take a Domino's on the bus, <laughs> and they care about my my finals exams results. They remind you, and they want to have conversations, and they they care. I think those details makes me feel like Sheffield is a city to live in. It's it's for me, city is never about how developed it is. Or how great views they have. It's also about people, and I think Sheffield people are nice and warm and care. And I, yeah, I enjoyed Sheffield slowly from from beginning. It was a challenge, but after a few months, I finally appreciated the beauty of Sheffield. Yeah, it's, I think it's a really brave thing to do to to move from a completely different country and culture into a new one. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's never really going to be easy, is it? No, it's 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 full of challenges, and the worst is you don't know what the challenges you are facing into.、Mm. You just need to test the water, and that okay, that's the next thing I need to do. So very reactive in first few weeks, you 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 facing the tasks and you get it done, and you enter the next task. But I think it's it's just different background and cultures. It takes time, but once the time is done, it's just a different life in Sheffield. When you realize that. The undergrad course wasn't the one that you wanted to do. Was that a difficult decision to make? Yeah, it's it was a bit impossible in my uni to do the course changing. I mention that every time my university has a very unique course switching systems. It's called biting systems. So every semester you have one hundred points, and you'll be able to bite on different course. So let's say everybody bites twenty, and you bite twenty one, you get the seats to. Signing up for that course, but for people who already belongs to that major and has a compulsory course, they put zero on. They still won the won the course. So for people to switch the majors, which means you need to pay one hundred four of your points to sign up for somebody else course. And I was a bit confused. Don't know what I want to do next. So I continued my course, and it was hard. It's like I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. What should I do with my career and postgraduate? But I think one thing I learned from all the course structures is I'm good at computer science and I'm good at English. And so on that two things, I said、mm, I need to change my course for my undergraduate. And then, then I shift my path to say, what can I do more on computer science? Because the undergraduate course was setting up like eighty percent physics and twenty percent computer science. So data communication in Sheffield is fifty percent engineering and fifty percent computer science. And I match their admission requirements on the basic physics and the mathematics. Courses I had those, so then I decided that's the course I want to take to see if this trans transition is smooth and how I take.、Them. So that's the decision I made. It was not easy, and I think when when I was young, I don't really know what the future looks like. It's all very vague, and you just need to go to certain directions and take steps, and then you know, okay, this isn't right. Then I just gonna change another path, but I'm glad. The postgraduate、um, steps actually taking me to the right path. I enjoyed and can get get things through and enjoy doing that. And how did you go from working one day a week or training one day a week with Apt to then working with them full time? What was the 
was there a process involved? Yeah, so in October, that's the time when uni sub we submitted all the ICS to uni, the final dissertations. And the, to that time, it's a decision for every international student to make. Do, do you stay in UK, which means you need to have a job opportunity, or you need to go back to China or start your PhD? So then I brought these conversations with, with Anna and John. So I said, I really enjoyed working with APT and I wonder if there are any opportunities I can I can stay and continue working as an intern in APT. And John and Anna has, has been really helpful and supportive. They are exploring different possibilities for me to be able to stay longer with APT. And I think they approve my skills in programming and coding too on that time. So they discovered there is a visa called tier five visa. It's a 12 months visa. It needs to be at least 20 hours per week. And the employer need to design the uh, course or the structures of how the interns doing. It's like what they already done, but uh, with the proper visa and proper workings. And uh, back to that time, after has developed as well. So the size is bigger and we got more projects coming in. So it's be able to support higher extra employee. So when I back to China in October visiting my families, I got the news from John and I said, it's possible we'll figure out that could be the solutions. Uh, do you still want to come back? And I say, yeah. so then I moved back to Sheffield and continue a year with them to working uh, with them full time. So it started with 20 hours per week. And with uh, with my experience growth and the project growth, it expanding to a full time job uh, with APT at the end. Why did they decide to set up an office in China? That's a good question. I think going global is is a thing that Anna and John always have that visions. They want APT to go global, and it's also about our international background. John is growing up in Canada. And Anna has lived in South Africa and UK, and our two other directors have the abroad experience. Then going global is in that vision. And then that's the time my visa will expire again because it's a 12 month visa. So for that time, I'm, China is, is a home and I want to go home. So we're sitting down and explore the possibilities we're working together in the future. So either I work as a freelancer in China to apt, or we can start a business in China and we explore the possibilities about setting up an office in China. And I prepared and prepared, but the opportunity came in the right time. The Kuomintang government actually inviting the North England to visit with me. That's where our office now and my hometown is. And Neil has been, one of our directors has been invited to the trip. And he spent two weeks in Kuwait and seeing what Kuwait looks like and how the opportunities look like and markets looks like. And everything just fits in and clicks in. And then we say, yeah, let's start App China. Let's do App China office. So we continue working together. But meanwhile, it's a step further about going global. So we started our office in China in 2017, February. And that's the joint venture journey started from there. It just feels like such a bold step, you know, for a small organisation. Yeah, APT was small, but uh, we did our calculations and we know there is market opportunities in China. 
and the costing for us as a beginning, it will be joint salary anyway. So it will be our like a freelancer, but we actually will have a business in China to face more opportunities and to be able to take on opportunities. So I think setting up the joint venture becomes the right decision for us back to that time. And was it a complicated process or was it quite straightforward? Um, that was quite straightforward. I think in 2017, everything, the restrictions about foreign business setting up in China has been removed a lot. So you don't need like approval than setting up the business. You just do the preparations and then you can set up the business. We took like one month to set up the proper joint venture in China. So it, it was straightforward. It's amazing to think back about that first night you had in Sheffield, you know, without any bedding, keeping yourself warm with a coat on yeah. um, to where you are, <laughs> to where you are now. Oh. This this connection with Sheffield has stayed with you. Yeah, I think that's that's amazing. Every time I looking back and I, every time I look at our steps, I was like, I don't know how it happens, but it's happening. And I'm really grateful for that. But I think along the journeys, you see Sheffield people around the other steps, it, it's like uh, two side mutual decisions is I want to stay in touch with Sheffield, but also Sheffield people want to uh, put effort to maintain that connections too. So I think it's a mutual decisions brought us to here. It's just amazing. I still think it's amazing. Yeah, it's a really amazing story. <clears throat> I was going to ask you how many people you've got there at the office now that you're managing. Uh, we have four people in the China office now, and um, we're in the social media services and also in the coding services in China. So APT is a digital agency in UK, and uh, we were specialized in Facebook app and website development. And after our China office, we are facing different challenges. China is different and China market is different. And, but we also see the opportunities arising because China is so different. People need a bridge they trust to, can help them to navigate China. And from the digital side and the cultural side, China is different. So we got a lot of inquiries from our existing UK clients asking, um, can you help me to set up a website in China? Can you help us to do digital marketing in China? What is WeChat? why it's different than Facebook and how the things are working or not. So from that time, we started thinking, do we want to include in social media services and also like to do internationalization and localizations for our clients. And we started doing that services. And I think it's just amazing. We have both China team and UK team. So our China clients have trust in our China office they'll be able to see us and have conversation with but meanwhile the uk office means they are native speakers they know what uk looks like what the western market looks like and our uk clients can have native speaking in english with them and all the accounts money goes to uk account and but they also know we have a china office in china be able to help them to navigate i think that's the both team working together build us profile building up the profiles and be able to help our clients to do more. Um, we started to offering that uh, services in 2019. And from 2019 to now, we actually, we actually have both governments. 
So we'll help the Kunming government to do the promotions when they have the business festival in Liverpool. And we are now doing the China digital services for Welsh government to help them to promote Wales in China and let people to know how Wales looks like tourism, uh, investment and educations. So I think the market needs us and we'll sit in the right positions and have the right skills to offer those to people. Um, so that's how things are developed from 2017 to now. How do you think that the decision to set up the office in China has benefited the agency as a whole? As I said uh, before, China is different. So a lot of things you want to go through or you want to set up in China, it requires the China business lessons. So after we're setting up the China business lessons, there is more we can offer to our clients. So like setting up, hosting a website in China, and also to have a China office in China. And we have our own team in China now, shows our better understandings of China market and to expand our, our services to our UK clients to let them know there is more we can do with you. And I think that's a decision that benefits as both China office and the UK office. Where did the actual decision come from? I think it's coming from Anna. So I was more... Um, I was having the brunch with Anna um, on the Sunday morning and I just let my worries out that I still want to stay in touch with Sheffield, but my visa is going to expire soon. And I wonder what we can do to, to stay together, to work together. And then, then Anna unveils the going global vision to me. And she's very excited about the potential opportunities we can work together in China. And back to that time, I'm a, I'm an internship. I was an internship and specializing in coding and on the business and a startup. I don't really know what it requires on the business. And so join Anna, they are giving me a list about information I need to gather and the spreadsheets I need to fill out and how costings are like and how things are going to look like forecasting things. So they were there to lead me to every steps. And when the when we started App China in 2017, I think it's two years. I'm basically a toddler and don't know where I'm going, but I have two adults that I can hold my hands and going forward. And they are just amazing tutors uh, on the business side and the life side. So in 2019, they, they encouraged you along the way to acquire different skills and to know business better and to do the strategic thinking. And I think from 2019, they are like, you're independent now. We're thinking you can apply more, but still in the background to support whenever they can. But they want you to take the steps by yourself and they encourage you to think independently and manage the business. And I think the original idea, I let my words out and the original idea and encouragement are from John Anna. And they have been along the way from App China to now. And they encourage App China to grow, encourage me to grow. And they, yeah, they just two adults, and I'm the toddler <laughs> holding their hands. And now I feel like I'm a teenager and probably almost an adult, young adult. And but I still feel settled when I know that I got a UK team and a UK directors behind me, and I know who can who I could talk to if I'm facing a challenge I didn't know how to deal with. Do you have regular contact with each other? 
Yes, so because we are doing projects jointly, so actually don't want to separate two teams out. They're still working together. So we'll have weekly teams catch-ups as a whole team one. And John and I will have weekly catch-ups and we'll have directors meetings monthly too. Before Anna went into her maternity leave, we have a weekly catch-up uh, with Anna too. So with John, it's about ops and technology sides. And with Anna, it's a sales and marketing catch-up. Um, general and we have two other directors which we gather together strategic thinking and finding the solutions monthly so we stay in touch basically every week and what does your personal day-to-day look like how would you describe an average day at work i think now my average day to the work first thing check my emails that's that's important because there is a time difference so every day we finish work after you just started work. So I'm used to checking my emails before I even uh, cleaning up, freshing up myself and to know what my day looks like, to know do I need to making time for any emergencies happens in the night. And then after my emails, um, I either stay at home working from home or I come to office. Then I start, I have a two screen next to me. So I have three screens. I think now I do development less, but I still do one day per week development. And the rest of the time, it could be meeting clients, attending meetings, and also talking to the team in China. And every day after 4 p.m., because it's summertime, almost become the daylight saving time. So after 4 p.m., that's my dedicate hours with UK. We have UK clients, we have UK directors and UK team. The every day, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. is a golden hours. Uh, I dedicated it to UK, UK team. And we have the Slack channels. So both UK team and the China team are um, be able to post emojis and um, important messages on that. So that's my day like. And after 6 p.m., I'm wrapping up to go home or do after work life. That's my routine looks like when you cast your mind back to when you were going off to Sheffield to university do you feel like you were always quite an ambitious person I would think so yeah I had thought so back to that time I didn't know but I always know I wanted more and I always know that I I wanted to make things happen and I wanted to to do things in my life and now I think honestly, I'd call myself ambitious people. And I want to I want to make things good and I want to make things better. And there is a motivation there, like, let's do this. And yeah. But I think while I was a student, that wasn't very clear. I uh, it's just the gut feelings telling you like, I like doing that, I don't like doing that. But now I think it's getting clear that we have the I, I am the ambitious people. And I want to go big and to do things better. Yeah, it sounds like your values lined up with Anna and John. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, it's not only about the ambitious side that we want to build up China and apt UK. So we want to build apt up and we want to grow apt. But also the other values in life and the other values our both teams shares is we are digital agencies, but we care about people. We want our employees to be happy and we want to be able to help. So in in, in UK, we're doing different charities. In China, we're doing different charities too. So all those values is we have something bigger driven us to, to grow the business. 
And I think that value lies up to, and yeah, it's just fitting with John Anna's vision too. So do you think there might be other offices popping up in <laughs> in other locations beyond China and the UK? Yeah, we, we, we were sorting so, so we, but COVID slows us down. So I think, uh, but COVID did teach us one thing, or utilize the, the real world more is we know that distance isn't really a problem now, that so everything can go digital. I think in the future, it's promising to say that we have team members from different locations in the world and to say what's the next steps apt will go to setting up another office in the world. Can you share any personal career aspirations that you have, even if it is just about learning new skills or taking on other courses or travel? It's a completely open question. One thing I did want to learn is along my journey, so I started technology and engineering and then coding. It's all very technology. And I learned my uh, business management from John, Anna, Neil and Phil, it's all very specific questions, specific solutions. So I, I mentioned the challenges and I know how to do, but it's never systematically learns how that's structured. So another thing I want to learn is a business management course alongside with App China. So I'm thinking to do an online course to more systematically learn how business goes, how team structures, how accountant and how finance affecting the whole business. So that's my next step that I want to know um, how would that work. And it's also about, um, well, now have the consultations from the China companies too. They want to go digitalization, but they need somebody who actually understands the business, be able to give them different suggestions, what softwares you should use, how to bridge different data source. And that requires the skills you understand business and you know where to go. So I think that's a knowledge um, I'd like to acquire and be able to expand our services to. I think my next step is to study an online course about the management. And yeah, that's the plan. What advice might you offer to people who are perhaps going into university or thinking about their career options and maybe specifically people who are international students What's maybe some core advice that you would offer them? My advice will be signing up for the event that you're interested in. It doesn't need to be a career opportunity event or doesn't need to be academic one. Just signing up to any event you 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 feel interested in and be vulnerable because um, I was an international student in Sheffield. I know very little about UK. The only thing I can learn is to show I don't know, and I want to find solutions. And I think showing up, people want to help. If people can't help, they know people who can help. And then that's how the conversation started. It's, it's all rolling. And as long as you're seeking it, you let people know, then people can help you. So my advice is signing up for events, go talking and reveal your vulnerability and asking for advice. And you might meet your next opportunities in your next conversations. If you don't, then try another. So that will be my advice. I think that's really important to seeking for help. That's actually connecting people together. 
and it it was based on my experience. I think if I never went to conversation club to practice my English, and I won't met Anna and John, and if I didn't mention my difficulty of my coursework, and I wouldn't know I'm a technology student, and if I don't admit that my lack of knowledge on coding, John won't offer me doing a one day a week opportunities with them, and if I don't let my worry out, said I want to. I want to stay connecting with you guys, but I do know how we want to start up China. So I think it's about seeking for help and com- communicate. Yeah, it's amazing how it all comes back to that conversation. All、yeah. these different points, all this this journey that you've had with Act is all being about sitting down, having a conversation about things. Thank you very much for sharing it and your brilliant advice as well. Thank you, Sarah. It was very lovely, and Sheffield is my second home now. I'm no longer a student who who don't know my way around Sheffield. Even after four years, I came back to Sheffield. It still feels like home. Have a lovely day.、And、Thank talk you. Talk to you. Bye. Bye bye.